What is going on, Business Athlete Nation? Hey, glad to be sitting here again in the chair. We drop not Monday to Monday, not Monday to Friday. Nah, we wiped that out the window in last year, 2023. We've upped the ante. We're going Monday to Monday. Seven days. Why, you ask? Well, we're alive seven days a week, aren't we? Like, actually, why, why would you not go seven days a week? Like, why would you not get up and show up every single day a week? That's what I really ponder with people. Yeah, I do a podcast once a month. Yeah, I do it every fucking week. Yeah, I do it once every couple of days. Yeah, I record it. I edit stuff out. I make mistakes. We just erase it all. That's not accountability. That's perfection. That's not real life. What, what's, what's a live sporting event? It's mistakes. It's championships. It's losing. It's being in the moment. That's what we do here live in the lab, Monday to Monday. And today we're in the moment. Today we're going to change your light. What did he just say? Did he just say change my light? Why didn't he say change my life? Well, because we're going to talk about light today. We're going to talk about something I think we all take for granted. I was thinking about what I was going to say to open up the show today and it struck me. At the conversation we're going to have today about light, actually light, something we wake up every single day, open our eyes up and go, okay, there's light. You just expect it to be there. There's just light. But the effects that light has on us, on our health, our sporting environment, our dressing room, the rink we're playing in, the field we're playing in, the stadium we're in, the office building we're in, light. We're going to talk light today with Kyle Harris. From Brainlit. So why don't we do that? Let us let's shuffle the music around. You know how this works. Kyle's over there in the room. We haven't talked before this show. So he's like, hey, what am I getting myself into? I saw him arrive as I pressed the button and I said, All right, we're starting the show. He's like, Oh my goodness, what's this guy talking about? So I'm gonna turn the music down just like this. And we're gonna transfer the camera to this, this, and this, and say welcome, Kyle Harris. Hey, Keith, how are you? Good, how are you, man? Let me just Happy turn it here. Are you good? We're good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you for joining me live in the lab today. Where are you joining us from? New York City. Ah, one of my favorite cities in the world. Are you right in New York? You're downtown, like right in Manhattan? That's oh yeah, you are going south. I think that's the Chrysler building back there. Nice. Are you are you a born born raised bred New York Cityer? No, I was born in Florida. I grew up an IBM kid, so I lived all over the world growing up. So I ended up in New York, but I've been here long enough now. I think I qualify as a New Yorker. <laughs> now we were connected through our uh, mutual. I'm going to call him a friend. I've gotten to know him over here last few weeks. I'm Mark Moyer. Uh, yeah. solid guy here. So Mark, uh, we chatted this morning and I told him we were meeting and I was, uh, really looking forward to our conversation today. And, and I hope I set it up right. Cause I think Absolutely. it's something that, you know, we take light for granted, don't we? Absolutely. Um, and, and we use it every single day, I yeah, mean, whether exactly it's uh, it. indoor light or you happen to be lucky enough to get outside to get some natural outdoor light, but it's something that's around us. Um, and depending on how you look at it, it's either adding, enhancing your life, yeah. or it's actually suppressing um, and depressing. 
So yeah. what I ha- what I have learned about light, uh, Kyle Harris, is that uh, light does a wonderful job shedding years off your face. Good light does a wonderful job making you look much younger than you actually are in real life. So how much light are you using right now? <laughs> I'm in a dome of light right now, Kyle Harris. I'm actually 150 years old and it's all just beaming me back to 50. So I have I have my one big, what is it? Uh, my uh, I have my key light in front of me here. I don't know what lumens are jacked up to, but... Uh, and I have my house is full of LEDs. I'm an LED guy. I, I and I love the um, I love the ambience of light. I'm a light guy. My my friends and family look at me and go, "This guy's weird about light because my my yards all got you know lighting. My house has just um, accent lighting. I hate top down lighting. I love ambiance from lighting. Absolutely, and it's it's how you use the lighting correctly that can yes. enhance your natural health. Yes, if you get it wrong and you jack up too much LED or the right wrong type of light at the wrong time of day, you can actually cause both psychological and physical problems. And that's, yeah. what, you know, that's really where brainlet, brainlet comes at trying to solve the light problem is everyone uses it, but no one looks at it as a tool that can make you healthier, sleep better, recover better, whether it's sports, school, hospital, you name it, if you're under a light, if you use biocentric light, which is our platform, it enhances your natural health. Yeah. So before we get to Brainlet, Kyle, um, you know, we're talking to athletes, we're talking to sports guys, business leaders, your audience, frankly. Yep. So I want to I want to give you the credibility meter right now. Before we get into your business, I was doing some a little bit of homework on 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 Kyle Harris, and it doesn't look like you're naturally a, a light guy. Like you're a you're a business guy. You're a you're an entrepreneur. You're somebody who buys businesses. You venture capital firms, direct investments. You know you do you do strategic business initiatives. If I can maybe paraphrase yeah. on on a high level, but along the way, you're now this leader of this light changing company. How did you get there, Kyle? Um, I got lucky enough that a couple of the investors that I had worked with in the past had uh, gotten involved with the company and basically said would this be of something you're interested in? I look at the technology. I look at the founder who toured Winger and the guy that created Bluetooth. I looked at the uh, market opportunity and said, wow, this is, you know, kind of fits in exactly where my career has placed me, which is always companies that are on kind of a rapid commercialization mode, bringing early tech that people don't quite understand to the market. So for me, it was a perfect fit. And when you start putting into your mind gee, I wonder where this could be a a good fit. Globally, every room you walk into has a light in it. Yes. Then you start thinking, you know, for me personally, it's like, wow, this is not like you got to teach people that that light can exist. It's already being used. And so, which is such a huge opportunity. The people are great. You know, um, the team that, you know, I have and that I'm now building um, is really fun to work with. The excitement you get from people when you start teaching them that something that they use every single day can actually help them versus just be something you turn on and off to light a room. You know, there's a lot of enthusiasm and we think the the market's huge. So for me, it was a perfect fit to kind of where I'd come from, stuff I'd done over my career. Um, I like the people, I like the investors that were involved and I like the market opportunity. What were some of those things in your career, Kyle, that you've done before Braylon? I mean, I, I sold F-18s for the Navy. Oh, hold yeah. on. 
So what's that like? Let's just so the hell with Brainlet. Sorry, Brainlet. Yeah, I, know. Brainlet. It's, 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 I mean, I, I worked for a contractor that had the contract for the Navy. Um, so we represented with the U.S. Navy and uh, the manufacturers to countries that wanted the platform, the F-18 platform. So I got to fly around the world with teams of naval aviators and you know, what was McDonnell Douglas at the time. And we did some fun deals, you know, we, Malaysia, Thailand, Spain. Yeah. And it was just a, it was a, it was a really amazing job for a kid that was 23 years old. I'd been lucky enough to have grown up in Asia. So I ended up going back to Asia doing some work. Um, and, you know, I will tell you, I didn't know anything about airplanes or anything when I got involved in it. It was a finance job. And then uh, it was just something that I uh, enjoyed and had a, you know, some decent success at. And uh, so, the, so that was, that was the first one. Um, came to New York, got involved with the global marketing for a commodity exchange, New York Mercantile Exchange, doing crude yeah. oil. Spent a lot of time in the Middle East and in Asia on different sides of the oil market, buying and selling. Uh, you know, the, the people that produce or buy. Yes. And uh, just teaching them about how commodities work and futures markets and things like that. So I got to, once again, continue to travel the world. And then went off and got a Thund uh, master's degree from Thunderbird in international management and MBA. Started my own consulting firm around what was the first uh, internet bubble, building an incubator, and just started getting involved with technology companies in kind of a commercialization phase. A lot working with founders that are good at doing what they do, but not necessarily great at selling or understanding markets or raising money. And that's just kind of where I morphed into. So, you know, I've been everything from sports media to drug testing to yeah. psychographic profiling for e-commerce. So a lot of different things. So, I mean, my, you know, I can kind of come in, assess the opportunity, figure out how to start selling a lot of it create the marketing messages and then build teams is kind of what I do. Your diversity is, is, is exceptional. Your experience. Yeah, I, it's, it's a little weird. Um, I don't know. I, don't know I, I can talk not... about a lot of weird stuff from a lot of different angles, but um, you know, it's uh, I've been really lucky in how my career has developed and uh, the stuff I've gotten to do, the places I've gotten to go, the, the types of people I've sold to in the past. So it's, uh, it's, it's been pretty amazing. So these last three minutes, for my audience is exactly why I started this show. Uh, Cause I believe every human being has an interesting story. You just have to have, you just have to ask the right questions to pull it out. And then we're down all these paths of conversation and opportunity. Cause you're an interesting fellow. So you said something to me, which strikes me that I've never thought about an airplane this way before, but you called the F-18 a platform. And it is, isn't it? When you think about it, cause it is a platform. You sell it to other countries. They modify it, they build on top of it, they use the platform, which is an airplane in disguise, but I never thought about it that way. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, there's all kinds of wraparound technologies, people that have to be trained, systems that have to support yeah. it, logistics. So when you're you know, when you're looking at somebody buying something, it's not just yes. a single thing, and you don't typically buy one. Yes. <laughs> yes. All just, you know, so it's a you know, it really it's a it's a you know, it's a military platform that of comes with a whole bunch of stuff outside of the wings and engines. So and, uh, when you're selling that as a 20 year old, I'm going to crack some humor here because we, you know, we like to entertain and inform instead of just bore and inform. So as a 20 year old and you're selling this, 
Like, I'm not thinking you're making cold calls. You're not picking up the phone and calling the leader of Saudi Arabia or Malaysia. Like, what's the sales process like when you're selling a military airplane? I mean, they typically are supposed to come in through the State Department, put a request in. That request moves through either direct approval or through some congressional approval. And then once they're approved, it would move over to whichever platform, F-16, Apache, whatever they want to buy. And then you go through the, it's kind of a, once it's in approval, it's kind of a traditional sales cycle. How much money you got, how many you want to buy, when can you buy them, when will it fit in the production, you know, timelines, you know, so once you get over the, you're still selling something. Yeah, that's what um, I mean. Like, exactly. And, uh, but you don't, you don't, you know, and, I, and I, I guess there are some of the manufacturers that are out in the local market saying, hey, if you're Saudi Arabia and about to buy something, consider this over that. But uh, where I was, we were at the government level supporting the Navy that owned the platform. Yeah. So they, they didn't own the plane, but they owned the, 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 the underlying platform. So, it was really once it got to us, it was finance, pricing, packaging, presentation, iterations, deltas, timelines, logistics. And, you know, some of them would go very, very fast. And some yeah. of them can take years and years and years, depending on how you approach it, whether they have the money, you know, what government changes power during the middle yes. of the negotiation. One wants to be U.S. centric, one doesn't. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's a. You know, I, I think you, I, what I learned was it's, you know, these were hundred million, multi hundred million dollar transactions, but it's still at the end of the day, you got to convince somebody the merits on why they're buying it versus the competition. Yes. How do you differentiate? How do you support, you know, are you going to be here for me when something breaks, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's really, it's not any different than selling any other platform with your gadget. It just, it, happens to be kind of some people think it's sexy some people think it's not but uh it was yeah, yes. it was fun when i was 24 and i got to fly around the world and spend a lot I'm of time sure. in amazing places so it was great how political was it kyle not at all no it was, so, what, it, it was outside once it was to us it was the politics were taken care of before it ever got to us. It right, because all the approvals were made, right? Which is, okay, we're dealing with the U.S. government. We're buying, So that, that's all out of it. It's just now comparing with somebody else, it's all, isn't it's, it? This versus that, how much money you got, how much money can you divide by the number of units? And yeah. if you've got the money for eight, how much does the support cost for eight? If you got the money for 30, we may not have 30 on the production line, so it'll take you multiple years to be delivered. So it really just came down to, wow. I mean, these are not, these things aren't being knocked off a production line every 24 hours, right? Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's not like pulling up at, you know, GM to pick up your new truck. It's uh, long lead times. There's only so many per year. The Navy would have some number that they wanted. Other countries had, so you had to fit them in the schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, And really it's, you know, and then the politics weren't in it for us because by the time it had gotten approved, they were a, you know, sanctioned purchase. So it was kind of easy. Right, right, right. And you were uh, you were a civilian, so you weren't a, you you probably needed some certain level of military classification. But for the yeah. most part, you were a civilian, right? Weren't you? Yeah. yeah I, mean, I had I had top secret clearances. And stuff, I was just, but, you know, so you read my. I didn't mind. have a lot of background to uh, dig into at 23, 24. So yeah, it was of course. Easy. Yeah. Um, you you we watch movies, 
and we look at the shadowy arms dealers and these 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 figures in the shadows selling guns and weapons and airplanes and and uh tell me something fun about that industry that nobody thinks about like are there those shadowy characters happening out there uh, kyle there may be not anything that we yeah. would have seen I mean, we're literally coming out of what was st louis factory taking yeah. off landing you know you don't yeah. lose a what was a 35 million dollar airplane very often um yeah, there's always interesting characters that hang around any kind of big dollar transactions in any country. Yes. Um, but we were so structured, you know, kind of we let we went into the embassy, left from the embassy, you know, kind of it was very much a very controlled environment because it was government to government. Yeah. I think all this I think all the stuff that you see in like war dogs and all this stuff from the yes. movies is uh stuff that has slipped out of the system or is being resold by somebody that shouldn't have ever gotten it the first time. But, you know, we never saw any of that stuff or I never did. I mean, I guess it could have been somewhere in the transaction, but I was kind of like, go to a meeting, take notes, leave the meeting, show up the next day, do the same thing. You know, wash, wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah. That's a fun thing to put on the resume though. Yeah. I sold F-18s. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, ever since I've been 20, you know, that age, everyone's done the exact same thing. I don't care about any of the other stuff. What was that like? And I was like, you know, you know, I was I was lucky. I you know got to kind of fly business class, stay in nice hotels, be in great countries. You know, it was it was it was fun, and it was it was very high profile. I mean, I got very lucky because the people that I work with on the the manufacturer side were very senior, fifteen and twenty year executives. You know, I worked for a Navy captain. I worked for a one star admiral. So you know, I was the youngest clearly the lowest guy in the totem pole but i was around all these very seasoned executives dealing with the minister of the air force or the minister of defense or you know the you know in their foreign countries and their generals and admirals and stuff yeah. so I, I got it was just a great you know eye-opening experience um and uh, it was fun yeah, I'm 20. Here's my network. Yeah, I know this admiral. I know this general. Yeah, I'm hanging out with this guy over here in this country. Pretty good. Yeah, and it's, you know, I can't say that I you know showed up in, in many countries and called up the admirals that I work with, but I did create an interesting, you know, but it was, you know, it made a lot of sense when I moved from airplanes to, you know, commodities, dealing in some of those local markets in the Middle East that I kind of talked, you know, sold or talked to about buying planes in different countries. Yeah. The, those smaller Middle East countries, some of the people are in lots of different roles, and I did end up bumping into some of them that had been there and now here. You know, I know you. Yeah, what are you doing here? I'm doing that now. So it was, uh, you know, it was good times. So now that we've established the cool factor for the audience about Kyle Harris, let's continue your journey. So you went from the Navy selling airplanes to where? Uh, New York Mercantile Exchange. That's right. Okay. The mercantile exchange, that, that's a very different, that's just waking up one day and going, okay, I'm going to put on a different hat now. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was totally a different thing. I mean, about the only yeah. thing that was, the only thing that was the same is that you I ended up going into some of the same countries that mm -hmm. I had done. But other than that, it was a totally different business. But I, like, but I like that, Kyle, because the guys we're talking to in this audience are going through exactly what you went through, which was a transition, right? Yeah. Either playing a sport and waking up going, okay, I need to go do something next. I got to go reinvent myself or I got to go walk into a new dressing room or a new locker room or a new corporate boardroom. When you left 
selling airplanes? Did you take some time away or did you, were you recruited to the mercantile? What was, what was that transition like? Kyle? It was a, it was a friendly transition. Somebody I knew was getting saying. promoted and he said, Hey, this may interest you. The, it was a government job. So the pay was kind of limited into a very uh, slow path. It wasn't, wasn't like I was getting commissions on the $3.2 billion of stuff that went across my desk. Right. So I was like, you know, I need to, you know, I need to look at something different and I got an opportunity. Um, and then you know, my friend called when I was in a slow period with the Navy, we were between transactions. So I was kind of sitting around he's like, Hey, come, come interview. Came up to New York and it was, Hey, this is an international role. Do you have any international experience? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Check. Um, yeah. Do you mind flying all over the world? The vast majority of the time check, you know, so a lot of the stuff that I could learn was easy to learn about the process or what I was teaching or educating about. But the fact that I kind of could be left to my own uh, own devices anywhere in the world was, I think, one of the things that probably got me the job. Yeah. I'm a big fan of traveling off the beaten path. Uh, you have been one who's traveled, uh, I can imagine, around the world several times over. Favorite place. Teach me something. Teach the audience. Favorite place. Kyle Harris has been to. I always, as a kid, I always loved Hong Kong. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, just, I mean, I started going there when I was 13 years old. It's gone many, many times, was there before the changeover, after the changeover. I mean, to me, that's probably uh, one of the places that I love. Why? Um, it's, it's an interesting place. It's, it's, it's a crushing number of people with a very broad range of wealth and opulence. And I wouldn't say, quite say poverty, but the smells and the intensity and the food and everything jammed into such a small location. And, um, and I, you know, having started to go in there when I was young and there was a lot of, you know, I, I had a very nice experience. And so it, it, to me, it was just an amazing place and it's on the water and there's so much stuff you can do. And, I don't know, it just kind of, it hit me. There's mm -hmm. something that just kind of struck with, stuck with me. I mean, I, I lived in Korea. I lived in Japan <laughs> at that same time, but Hong Kong was just something that really kind of, uh, I mean, I just, I, I guess I fell in love with it and I have very fond memories of it. I think it's changed yeah. a lot now, but um, back in that time, it was great. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So you were there pre-changeover to, and you said you were there, um, since China has, has taken over, you've noticed the differences? I mean, it's just what I hear on the news. I mean, I haven't, been, I haven't okay. been in probably 10 years, so I can't say what the what the current environment are like. I mean, yes. but yeah. I, you know, I know people that are there. It's, it's a different, I yeah. don't know if ownership, owner, ownership is the right world, but it's a, you know, it's a, different, a different set of people in charge and they, you know, treat it differently, so. But I, I like the memories I have of what it was. Yes, fair, fair enough, fair enough. So let's continue the path. So you go Mercantile Exchange and you work your way towards the light company. And somewhere in the path, am I correct? Yep. So yeah. I, I started, a, I left the NYMEX and went and got a master's degree from Thunderbird. Um, and what was, like what was that like going back later in your life, Kyle? Like, so you you had you had some considerable experience. I asked this question because I asked this of a, fellow, of a friend of mine a few uh, last week who when got his MBA, he was uh, 42. And uh, he said, Keith, I would not have successfully done as well if I went in my 20s or 30s. What about yourself, Kyle? 
I mean, I, I Thunderbird's got a very specific international management MBA program. So yes. it's kind of feeding off of my background and experience. Um, it's in Phoenix, you know, outside in Glendale. <laughs> so it's not a terrible place to go to grad school. Um, yeah, so it was kind of the logical progression, right? I had gone from a government job to a NYMEX was an association. So it wasn't trading. It wasn't, I needed a pathway to my next step in my career. So grad school was a good fit. And uh, Thunderbird had a good you know, program for where, what I'd come from and what I thought I wanted to be when I grew up, or at least gave me that checkbox, you know, punch that ticket for another layer of education. And so, yeah, it was, it was a good fit for me. It worked out really well. Um, I ended up going back and doing a semester in Tokyo. So I'd gone back to where I'd gone to high school. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit of glory days there too, but I was, you know, so it was, it was it, overall, I mean, I can't say anything but great things about Thunderbird that's now part of ASU. Um, but yeah, it's a, you know, it was great. It, it gave me some technical learnings that I probably didn't have. And then it also just kind of gives you that credential that people can kind of lean against if they, you know, if that's a box they need to check. Mm -hmm. I've never gone back and worked in a corporate job after I got one. So I don't think it's ever helped me to, to meet that you must have an MBA to get this job because I've never gone back to that. But it, you know, it, it's there and it's, it's on the resume. So now we've set you up. We've got uh, Kyle Harris set up, got your history set up. You get involved with Brainlet uh, on the business side of things, but somewhere the light, ha ha ha, the light went on, yep. which was, yeah, there's something here. And I, and I bring this to your attention because like myself, light has just been taken for granted through your entire life. Yep. But somewhere when you were learning, something went on in your head. You're like, yeah, there's something here and I want to be more involved. Talk about that with me. I mean, sometimes it's just the people involved, right? You, 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 okay. meet a, you, meet a, you meet a group that you think you can become a team member with and you feel that there's a good fit. That helps a lot. If you don't like the people, it could be the best idea in the world. If you don't like, you know, if you don't like the product, don't like the people, then why would you do it? I like the people. I, I knew that the, the investors that had brought me in were extremely high caliber quality people. Therefore, mm -hmm. their recommendation to look at it was carried a lot of weight with me. And when I got into it, I was like, wow, you know, it's a $15 billion industry, depending on how you look at it. And these guys have got some amazing patents and intellectual property. How do you take advantage of it? And it's a Swedish company. I'm based in New York. So once again, kind of leaning back into that international angle of things. Um, yeah, so it just it was just a good fit, and then once you start looking at the market size and the product and the you know, there were so many things that said, "How do you not do this?" Um, I, uh, I, you know, it was it was you know that it was just very positive the way it came, and um, you know, it was post COVID, so the world was a little mm -hmm. unclear, um, but it was just kind of one of those things that oh wow, health and wellness is going to be a big driver for the future the employee has now gotten a, a seat at the table in terms of facilities, you know, air filters and UV and cleanliness and health, um, that light now that we have this capability that we're bringing to market to turn spaces into a healthy workplace environment. So just the, between the market, the people, the technology, it was just a great fit. So Brainlit, lighting for health and well-being. Lighting for health and well-being looks beyond the visual impact of light 
It is this is straight from the website, everybody. It is designed to guide our circadian rhythm to ensure good health and great performance. Biocentric lighting from Brainlit is about getting the right light at the right time. Simple as that. We're done. That's okay, everybody. See you later. Go buy your lights from Brainlit, and uh, you're going to have a healthier, better life. And uh, Kyle's going to go travel the rest of the world and sell some more airplanes at some point. Yeah, no, don't. Too old for that stuff. So I got the biggest challenge you have. I'm just, this is fascinating to me because I think the biggest challenge you have is how we started the show, which is convincing people that the light they're using is, is probably harming them. And that there's that, then that what you're taking for granted, there are other options to consider. It's a generational thing too. It's like, it's like food, isn't it? Well, it's it's generational, but it's also it's 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 generational for people, but it's also generational on the technology. Ah. You know, if you go back to original indoor lighting, it was a campfire. Yes, yeah, yes. And then yes. it moved to the incandescent bulb, and then it moved to fluorescent, and then it moved to LED. And each of those light sources had different attributes and value propositions. You know, LED was one that was you know was really focused on energy efficiency and long useful life sustainability and energy um but because it's such an intense light source it started to have impacts that people weren't recognizing because they were so happy to get the energy efficiency and the brightness and the long useful life at the same time underneath the kind of rollout and you know generational change from incandescent to fluorescent to led you have recognition in kind of the nobel prize set of the power of blue light and then mm-hmm. the recognition of the cellular impact of circadian rhythms. Mm-hmm. So as LED is becoming more prolific across all markets, the stuff that's rising underneath it is, well, what does blue light that's part of the LED spectrum do to you? And if it's not done correctly, because you're just driving a lot of bright light into a space, what are the impacts of that? And that's where Brainlit has kind of been riding underneath all of the concepts of LED. Our platform is energy efficient. It creates great visual light, but at the same time, we do stuff in the design and control the right light at the right time of day so that as you move through your day, you're getting the proper spectrum um, of light so that your body is naturally performing at its best. And if you think about, you know, sun rises, you wake up, sun sets, you go to sleep. Well, that's part of the circadian rhythms the morning light energizes you as the sun sets your body then is triggered because the spectrum is changing to get ready to start building melatonin when you load melatonin and start to then use the melatonin your body's building then you fall asleep you stay asleep well if you don't get the right light those wave curves that you're looking for in terms of energy and focus and then melatonin or melanopic entrainment and sleep and recovery if those get all out of whack or suppressed because you just have too much light late at night you're not building your melatonin because you're keeping yourself stimulated mm-hmm. and it takes a long time to fall asleep. Well, if it takes a long time to fall asleep, if you fall asleep at 3 a.m., you probably still have to get up at 7. You can't say, oh, I fell asleep late, so now I'm going to go to work at 11. So people's natural way of sleep latency, speed to sleep, and then the quality of the sleep cycles they have throughout the day really presents in a manner that is based on how the light triggers and the spectrum you yourself in front of throughout the day um are affected let's talk about light kyle in terms of 
in terms of the sporting environment, sports sure. facilities. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of success have you seen uh, in that industry? And I guess the, 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 the second part of that question, can you increase the performance of a sports team on the ice or in the facility with, with better lighting? So, so the performance metrics are, we try to look at it kind of at a player organizational level. Okay. If you can mitigate the effects of jet lag, then you're going to be less tired. Mm -hmm. If you can help someone be more focused and energized for practice, then the theory would, be, would become if they're practicing better, their performance <laughs> will be better. Mm -hmm. If you give them the right light through a biocentric environment and then they go home and sleep better, that's where the mental and muscular repair happens. So you get the physiological benefit of good sleep. So whether it's practice, game day, or recovery, sleep and recovery, that, that cycle of good light throughout the period increases performance. So yes, we absolutely believe, and actually have their studies show, sleep makes you energized. Yes. And then yes. if you get the right environments that we create with our lighting, you're more energized because you're getting the right light that your body responds to, which means your focus and energy is better. And then we can do, because we're a platform, right? Biocentric light is a platform as well. You can do things to the platform to create very tactical responses of pre-game and post-game outside of perfect day every day. So we do things that can help. And then, you know, if you think that depending on the sport, right? Everyone mm -hmm. has their different travel issues. Mm -hmm. um, you know, baseball, hockey, and uh, baseball, hockey, and basketball are much more shorter duration, short mm -hmm. stays. Football, you know, once a week, they kind of get home. But, you know, if you can do more to help them acclimate and unwind their jet lag and get them sleeping quicker and getting better sleep for however much time they allow themselves to sleep, that's really where biocentric light fits in really positively, that we can create an environment and then if you think about it, Keith, from a building standpoint, mm -hmm. depending on the team, you got 15 basketball players, 53 football players. There's hundreds of support staff people in that building mm -hmm. that if you look at the typical coach staff member during the season, they're working 10, 16 hour days. Yes. So if you can create an environment to where your building is creating a holistic co co cocoon around them. Yes. Where when they are in the building, they're getting the right light. When they do allow them to sleep, they're going to get the best sleep possible. And then when you sleep well, your immune system is elevated. So you have a better immune defense system. You get better recovery muscular. So it's not only just player centric. When you build out a, a building with biocentric light, anyone that enters that building is being enhanced by being presented the light and the spectrum that we give you. So that's why we have, you know, retail stores building. Because you have a shopping experience, but then you also have 20, 30, 40 employees throughout the week that come in and run their shifts early, middle, and late in the evening. Well, if you can help them to be energized but also sleep better, then they're going to come to work more often. So it's all connected, right? It's an environmental thing. You wouldn't want polluted air. You wouldn't want polluted water in your building. So if you can present and demonstrate visually beautiful light, right? So the space looks great. And then it's also doing something to enhance the health and wellness of the people in that space. That's what brainlet and biocentric light does. I have to think your biggest challenge is convincing a stakeholder to rip out 
you know, all of his old lights in his facility mm-hmm. and then put your lights in for largely, with all respect, nebulous reasons. Because I think a stakeholder is going, okay, well, I'm spending millions of dollars with your light, Kyle. How do I know the benefits for all my employees? I hear what you're saying. I get it. I get it. I get it. But it's just light, Kyle. I just want the cheapest price. Well, and that's so that's the thing, right? There's yes. a car is a car is a car. A uh, okay, yes. A, a Yugo is not a Ferrari. And yep, so, but they got four wheels. Yes. So if you're buying light simply not to walk in a wall, and that's all it's supposed to do is put just enough visual. Uh, yeah. Not your customer. You know, visual light to not bump in and trip over things. That's a different view of how you can look at a facility. Mm-hmm. When you look at assuming that you care about the health and wellness of the people that come to the box that you right. request they come and work in, same thing, right? Why is it built with ergonomic design? Why do you have the standing desk? Why do you have comfortable chairs? Why do you have, a, a, you know, all of that stuff is to enhance the performance of the individuals that are in the space. So if you don't care about that, then I can't sell you the benefits of light. If I can tell you you have a 5% decrease in sick days across your people because they're sleeping better, which means their immune system is better, which means they come to work more often, that's a calculation. If the price is close to the same price you would buy light for, you're not having to pay a super premium, which you don't with biocentric light, then what's the, you know, how do you say no? I think when you understand that there's an option for something that's healthy, if I told you the headphones you're wearing can both allow you to hear, but also make you healthy, it's very hard to not go to the healthy ones if you get the same yes. underlying service of the headphones. Yes. And I think that's what we're doing with light is people just don't know. The people that are advising don't know because the science is fairly new. I mean, a lot of the big Nobel prizes happened in 2014 and 2017. Mm. So you know, a lot of the science is still coming to market. You know, there's 2,600 studies that have been done about the power and impact of light. And the consensus is bad light design can make you unhealthy. Personalized light is the thing you want. Circadian, you know, not understanding and managing to circadian rhythms can cause problems, obesity, cancer, and dementia risk. And those are long, you know, long-term, you know, kind of more of a long-term problem. But, you know, at the same time, a little bit of performance increase because you're focused and more energized. And then a little bit of decrease in sick days and, you know, not showing up for work because of immune, you know, healthier employees for the same price. And the environment looks great. You know, it's not like we're you're trying to convince you to go from the campfire to an LED in your cave. Right. You already got the something that looks like a light in the ceiling and it's probably going to go in the same hole in the ceiling that you have. Um, and if you're building something new, we'll work with you to choose the best shapes that fit your design aesthetic to make sure you get what you want from the design while delivering health to the people that are in your facility. And I think when you start talking to people about how you as an organization look at the people and all the things you do to enhance them, their health, show the level of care and feeding you want for an employee, um, you know, biocentric light makes a lot of sense for the number of hours people spend in an office, you know, throughout their lives. The timing right now for this in the market, in the world, it seems to be just about right, doesn't it? The conversation is, people are curious about it. People have questions about it. 
I have to think that when you make the call, people are curious and they're and, and they're taking your calls. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's um, there's so much biosensor data, you know, Whoop yes. or a Garmin, yes. you name it. People oh, are worse. So people are measuring so much stuff now with different devices that talk about the quality of their sleep. Mm-hmm. So as a you know, mattresses measure your circadian rhythm, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. great. So how do you do something to affect those measurements? Well, brainlit solution actually impacts all of those measurement tools because we're doing the things. You're not a caveman anymore. You don't leave and spend all day hunting and fishing and gathering in natural sunlight. So you're not getting the right light triggers because you're in a box with artificial light that's not tuned correctly. Mm-hmm. Your body's not at its naturally highest state. Mm-hmm. And we can help bring you there. And then all of the hard work people do on top of that, dieting, exercise, supplements, whatever they do, we're raising the base platform. So the foundation for all the other work that gets done is is driven up by biocentric life. Because it's in every space. So if you assume that yes. it can help you, you know, you if you had the option for polluted air and clean air, you're gonna go for clean air. If you have the option for you know polluted light or healthy light, go buy a center. I have to think any new sports facility being built in North America or the world, you guys are knocking on the door. Any new hospital being built around the world in North America, you're knocking on the door. And if you're not, I'm not sure why you wouldn't because those are your target customers, no? They're all, this is, the reason we're not doing all of that is that we just don't have enough people. You know, we're, a small, organi- we're a small organization and every, every single room has a light in it. So the yes. opportunity is not not big enough. It's just figuring out where the best traction is, where the early adopters will be, you know, sports has been really powerful for us because it's sexy. You know, when you say yes. you have the Sacramento Kings using it or the Philadelphia Union, you know, Can- Canadian Premier League has got it in their corporate headquarters. I mean, those are things that people recognize as value. The Colts and the Lions are users. And then a long list of MLB, NHL teams that, you know, we can't talk about because they want the competitive advantage. Yes. But, I mean, we've done a lot of projects in Europe for NFL teams that have gone over and wanted to mitigate jet lag. All right, so let's put let's do a pop-up and help you with that when you fly from wherever you come from to go for a week in Germany or to, to play football. We do that, those kind of things. So, yeah, we're just we're talking to everybody. I mean, we've got schools. We've got hospitals. We've got yeah. long-term care facilities. We've got sports teams. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's such a big market, you know. And, uh, you know, and, you know, you look at the kind of the fun places are we start thinking about the multi-unit, like the franchises, right? Mm. If they start to understand that they can help their franchise or franchisees build spaces that enhance their employees' performance and health. Well, then you can start getting into kind of this much more scalable model. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Brainlift turning that direction, right? We've been a technology company r&d product development and now we're getting into kind of the much more much broad much more broadly scalable and because the health the awareness of health and wellness around sleep yes recovery and light is now becoming much more connected we're just kind of you know we're, we're right on the top of that wave you said something a few moments ago which stuck with me uh, and we're always like liking to give tips and gold nuggets i like to give to the audience but when we're talking about sales, you made a comment around uh, the culture of a company, things that they look for. When you're selling this product, it's, it's I don't want to say it's relatively easy, but in some ways, 
you can do some homework on the types of companies, the kind of culture they have, kind of beliefs they have. And if they have the similar kind of beliefs that, that Brainlit has, it's easy to make that call, isn't it? Maybe, you know, carbon, maybe, maybe like certain environmental health initiatives that are important to that company, you're coming in and going, hey, we can solve this for you now. That becomes very much low-hanging fruit, doesn't it? I, I wish it was as low as you describe it. Oh, really? Um, I, I think a lot of the corporate rhetoric is we care, we care, we care, but mm. uh, we're not going to make a change. It's the um, rhetoric, yes. Yeah. yeah, so I think you, in, you know, innovation and early adopters is tough for big corporate because yeah. there's a lot of risk if you make a mistake. We get that. That's why we go to more of the innovator level or the performance. That's why sports is so great because they're looking for any incremental value proposition yes. to win. You know, a single goal, home run, whatever, turns into dollar signs in their minds very easily. So therefore the facilities and everything they invest into their people is much more accountable to a win or loss concept. Corporate's like, eh, we'll get to the renovations later or, you know, not yet. Or so it's a, it's a different how you win environment. Um, so, I mean, I, to some extent, we go to pe people that we think should be perfect fits, exactly as you described it. Yeah. Rhetoric, you know, marketing, statements, blah, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then they go, and then if they hesitate or slow to the side, we're like, thank you, we're going to move on. Because we don't have time right. to fight to your internal you. difference yes. between what you say and what you are. When you find the organizations that are truly practice what they preach well it's a belief thing isn't it it's, it's yeah. so so if so if, if you come to me and i have a belief in certain principles and maybe lighting is one of them we're having a conversation like it's a yeah. it's a belief isn't it and if you actually believe that you care about your employees yes and you want the best environments for them and you're making investments and because it's a platform right an investment in biocentric light gives you a very long opportunity because it can be customized it can be optimized over years and years and years it's not just a light and a switch mm. so if you say to someone this is a long-term opportunity which will get smarter over time as the science gets smarter and then you look at it from that perspective if they don't care but they say they care then you're going to move on very quickly mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. i mean i would i mean working with like the sacramento kings right mm -hmm. they talk about the, the performance and quality of their organization and they were very like you know let's do this let's do this let's do more let's do you know they went very quickly once we got it into the building because their organization could deal with the innovation could deal with the unknown wanted the opportunity and as they started to roll it out they're like this is easy this is something we got to buy anyway you know where can we go do more well next off season let's hang some more right so it really is, does the organization practice what they preach? Do they really care about the employees the way they say they do? And when you find the organizations that do, it goes fast. I it's, bet. It's, it's something that's already in the building. Of course, yeah, exactly, exactly. Sacramento Kings, did you know Dr. Craig Slomway? Uh, no, we, we, uh, we're dealing with Tina Murray. Um, right. She used to be their head of performance. And then a guy named Alex Rodrigo, who's Got the it. GM of Golden One. And then, you know, works with the team as well. So, and he's, you know, he's a real estate guy so he's looking at it from a facility standpoint yes but he understood the science from the performance side of the team and then the performance guys are like oh yeah i mean 
we'll take anything you can give us from a performance standpoint. How do you prove it? We showed the studies. We showed, you know, the biosensor analysis we've done with other teams. They're like, all right, let's get to well, it. Let's take advantage of it. It's interesting because I'm I'm here in Winnipeg, uh, home of the Winnipeg Jets, my my my, my beloved team, and I have I'm sitting down next week with uh, uh, part of the ownership group just ha- just here in the lab, and uh, one of the guys is the facilities manager, and I'm going to talk to him about this, and I'm going to say, hey, because one of the things that uh, I know Winnipeg struggles with, Kyle, is bringing free agents and bringing guys here to play hockey in Winnipeg. Like, oh, I want to go to Winnipeg. So it it if you can present differences to the market like yeah we have this because we care about you as a human being there's these little things that can provide value right so i i will be offering up brainlet on your behalf when i'm talking to my my local hockey team next week about maybe changing the lighting in their facilities well it's funny i'm talking i just texted my nhl guy to find let's say you may see some of our stuff around the building i don't know I, i'll let you know before this call is over yeah yeah <laughs> You know, I, I'm thinking to myself that elite athletes are always looking for an edge. Always. That's why they're an elite athlete. They're, 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 they're the half of the one percenter. Well, they, they leave their facility. They have to go home. I got to think that elite athletes are guys you want to talk to and say, okay, hey, Keith, bring me into your house so I can change all the lights in your house so I can put a platform of good light for you so you can have an edge. Am I wrong? Yeah, it's... So, I mean, I don't know, above my head here, this is this big white thing you can't quite see. You know, it's an Alvin lamp, right? Okay. It's yeah. above your desk, you, you know. So we have players that have them in their homes, wherever they happen to consider their, you know, gaming station or where they sit the most, watch tape, you know, whatever. You can put an Alvin over that. And whenever you're sitting there, you're being served the best light for that time of day, which is going to help you do much better than what you're getting now because you're sitting inside. So therefore you're getting the right light. Yeah. Um, we have a solution that we're rolling out this month, which is let's call it smaller activity spaces. So your home gym, your desk, you know, smaller floor pack, not whole buildings. So I don't actually have to change all the light in your house because you know, do you really need to change the light in your bedroom? If you're go to bed, turn off the light, wake right. up, go to right. work. Right. So there's, you know, I can do the whole house, but if you're going to do like carve outs of performance spaces and longer, longer duration spaces, we have a solution where we can do small form factor implementations, which we call a set, right? Which is light panels, controller, switch, and now you've created a, a micro healthy environment of light. Yeah. The whole building or the whole house, you can do that too, but maybe you want to do it in phases start with an alvin go with a set and then expand it into the broader house so absolutely i mean we've had players that have gotten hurt that are going to be on longer term recovery and they're like i'm not going to be leaving the house for like four to six weeks get, get me an alvin to put over of my course. so at least i'm getting the right light trigger so that i'll sleep better at night which hopefully will increase the speed of my recovery so we've had you know nfl and nhl players um and NBA players that, oh, crap, I'm going to be down for a couple of weeks. How do I, what else can I do outside of the rehab while I'm sitting in a chair? Well, biosensors yes. can't hurt you, and it's going to be a better environment than what you're sitting in now, especially if, unless you're in, what, Miami or Orlando or L.A. There's, you know, not guys that have, you know, pulled a hamstring, don't exactly want to go outside and sit outside to try to get some light. 
Well, and if you're an elite, it's it's not about the price point because you can afford the lighting. I'm going to suspect it's more so about just not knowing about it, yeah. right? So it's, the, the it's moment- mostly that. I mean, yeah, we've had we've had funny things where we're doing like team installations, and a player walks by and goes, "What's that? Yeah, can you can you get me one? Sure, we'll drop it off, right?" So you know, yeah. it's just they just don't know. We're out there really trying to teach people the science. Players are hard to get to. Yes, they're a, you, they're a subset of a subset. You got to yes. you know. But we have had performance coaches that are using the technology that have said, oh, you're hurt. You should go buy one. Yes. Or go look at it. They can't necessarily recommend it. But, you know, we're getting there. I mean, we have a very interesting group of, you know, players and teams. And as the teams begin to roll it out and then the teams go from lamps to rooms to buildings, then it becomes the standard of care or, you know, support that you want across your facility. And then you start getting these really, the, when it becomes interesting is when the teams go, hey, what about our front office where we have our you know, ticket selling people? Yeah, they'll be more energized. They'll come to work more often because they'll be healthier. Oh, that's where we make all our money is selling tickets, right? So we spend a lot of money over here when we want performance yeah. for wins, but we make a lot of money over here. So then all of a sudden it becomes a commercial real estate play at the end of the day. How do you enhance the value of the property and view the the human capital assets that go into the space to make them more valuable to you as a broader organization, players, coaches, staff, and then employees for teams. You start you start to talk about really big organizations when you look at it's not just the the single guys on the field or court. Fascinating conversation, Kyle. I'm 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 very much in, intrigued by this. I want to be respectful of your time. We're coming up on the hour, so we're going to wrap it up here in a moment. I do have a question for you, though, uh, as much as a curious question from myself. Why does lighting technologies and Bluetooth technologies, but specifically lighting, Sweden, Finland, like that part of Europe, why 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 is that? Just weather. Is that what it is? I guess I mean, so. If you think about it, you have such long durations of darkness that they've been seeking out solutions that make sense, right? Bluetooth is a different thing, but um, when you look at the, I would kind of conservatively say the Nordic countries are eight to 10 years ahead of the understanding of the power yes. of light and how to use light. And, you know, Brainlit kind of grew up in a Sweden, which is dark seven to 10, you know, seven to eight months out of the year. And I'm talking really dark. So if you can take yes. that that just location issue and turn it around to where the offices and spaces that people live and work in are healthier, and then that platform, and then the rising consensus of LED globally. So you can be in Miami, but if you're inside a box, it doesn't matter where you are. You know, if you yes. go to work at seven, eight o'clock in the morning, and then go home at six o'clock at night, you've missed all the sunlight hours that are doing the things that your body needs. So it doesn't really matter where you live. It just happens to have come out of those markets because they had such a light problem because mm-hmm. of their location. But, mm-hmm. you know, anytime you're in a box behind glass, you're you're at a deficit for natural light. Um, and then you think of how many buildings have interior offices that have no windows. Yes. You now get into you know, millions and millions of square feet of space that can be enhanced for all of the people that work in a box. Anytime you're in a building with no lights, you're in a box. Isn't that true? I, uh, yeah, yeah. 
I, I've invested in the Philips Hue lighting platform and they're from Signify, which is from Sweden. So that to me is, like I said, I was curious. It, it seems like everything comes from those Nordic countries, but it makes sense. They're dark all the time. So why wouldn't they? Yeah, and, and they've got to, you know, but when you look at the platforms, there's a lot of control capability, but then you have to get into, is the light designed to create the right spectrum? Right. For not just the visually pretty, but also yes. the biologically healthy and that's where brainless patents and our capabilities focus on is when we design a space it's at a measured level of healthy performance in such a way that you actually benefit and it can be beautiful as well we're speaking with kyle harris ceo of brainlit brainlit.com uh, we're wrapping up kyle is there anything that i neglected to ask i uh, did not throw on the table that uh, we should be talking about that you want to make sure the audience is aware about before we say goodbye well I mean, let's throw a pitch in there that i mean the company's brainlit.com yep um our web store for the alvin lamp is shop.brainlit.com um, yep. that's something that you can literally buy put into your house and have it over your desk enhancing you as long as you can turn eight screws um and uh you know, anytime you go into a space, look up at the ceiling, ask the owner, is this light making me healthy? And if it's not, then you're an evangelist for biocentric light. And uh, any lead you want to send me, give me a call. Be fantastic. Kyle, thanks for joining me here in the lab today. Appreciate it, Keith. Thank you. This has been fun. Awesome. I'm just going to stick you back into the green room for a second. I'm going to say goodbye to the audience and then come back and walk you out. All right. Great. Thank you. Well, hang tight. All right, so we are going to do this. We're going to put some of this on here. There we go. Hey, so we know how it works. Light that will change your life. Brainlit. Brainlit.com. Shop.brainlit.com. Listen, we're not here to sell stuff. That's not, I don't put a show together to sell stuff. I'm here to put a show together to entertain you and inform you. And it's clear that you got a lot of informing today. And we've got some entertaining happening to the beginning of the show. I thoroughly enjoyed the chat with Kyle. I hope you did as well. And uh, as he said, if you're sitting around your environment right now, you know, one of my athletes, one of my business leaders, you're looking around at the light. Go ask the owner. Yeah. Go ask the owner. Hey, is this light making me healthy? Or go ask the owner. Hey, is this light making me perform better? It's a pretty black and white answer. He's either going to say yes or he's going to say no. If he says no, call me. Hey, I'm Keith Billis. I sit here Monday to Monday, live in the lab. We go noon central, minus six GMT, then we drop it inside the Business Athlete Performance Lab so we can deliver the content straight to your inbox and straight to your podcast machine. Sign up inside.bapple.ai. Free subscriptions. Free subscriptions. And then a uh, little nominal pay subscription to get more value out of our show as a service. You know, I told you, I'm not selling you a book. Instead, I'm going to sell you a show as a service. We are going to give you constant good content every single day to help some accountability and bring value and entertainment to your life. So we'll see you tomorrow. Back here in the lab, Monday to Monday. You know where I'm at. See you guys tomorrow. Ciao.